1: Hey! Hey! What'd you think? About what? Did, did you get my text? Oh! Hello again. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of Did You Get My Text? I'm Pat Oswald. I'm
0: Meredith Salinger. Hey guys, welcome.
1: Thanks for uh, tuning in. This is going to be a bit of a housekeeping episode because we are going to answer all of your backed up emails, all of your speak pipes. And now that I think about it, it might be a cool idea if we did a uh, one of these, like a bonus every month, just go through all it because a lot of these um, emails, a lot of these peak pipes refer we to things to in
0: a long time that time. happened
1: in earlier shows. So it's it's better if we do it as a monthly thing, and then it'll because I think people are are losing faith in sending in their emails because and, they think and, we're not going to
0: respond. We're yeah. going to respond. We just haven't gotten to it yet
1: because we have Be- so much to talk about. So well, this we is had our lots
0: of fun guests, and today we do not have a guest. Um, we just have <laughs> us and your voicemails. So well, you guys might voice hear mails- yourselves.
1: These voicemails will also. These emails and voicemails will lead us down some interesting routes, I am sure, because we are scatterbrains, and that's how our minds work. So here we go.
0: Oh wait, we're going to start off with that.
1: Where does this whole this whole episode? We are going to catch up with emails with speak pipes and let them take us where they will take us. I think this will cover the hour. Oh. So here we go. Let's get right to your emails. Well, we have two of them, uh, and then we have a whole bunch of speak pipes. Email number one, straight to the point, I recently watched Dodgeball, a true American underdog story, and I noticed a familiar-sounding voice at the opening of the film on the answering machine of Vince Vaughn's character, Peter, listing off the various adult films that were overdue. I then heard it again, later, during the pizza scene with Ben Stiller, and it sounds just like Patton, but there's no credit listed, so I'm curious... Firstly, is that actually you, Patton? And secondly, how do these random voice performances or cameos actually come about? Very interested to hear both of your stories. Love the show. Love you both. Keep being awesome. Warmest regards, Mike Wolcott. And then he adds, P.S., hope you visit Detroit again soon for a show. So do I, Mike. Um, Yes, you've got good ears. That is me on both the answering machine and then the weird uh, fetish porn that Ben is watching. Um, they just had me come in and, and record those really quickly. It was uncredited because it's just one of those fun. Oh, we'll just hide them in here, and if you spot them, you spot them, and if you don't, you don't. I have a bunch of those in films. uh In um uh, Wrong Turn Two, I am on the phone uh, with a girl at the beginning. I th- she I think she was like an American Idol contestant before she gets murdered. I'm her agent. Um, I do, I do a lot of these things. There, there's a, there's a, there's a um, rich history of um, actors and actresses uh, popping in to do uncredited voices in films, very famously in Rosemary's Baby, uh, the phone call that Mia Farrow makes to the actor who um, was blinded, and that's how her husband got the part. That is, of course, the voice of um, uh, Tony Curtis. Ooh. Uh, there are also, uh, if you listen in Jaws, when the Coast Guard is calling in to talk to Quint, that is... Steven Spielberg's voice um, on the radio. So there's all kinds of like, oh, there's little people you can spot. Um, and that's happened to me a lot in in different. Um,
0: well, even on the show, the Goldbergs that you're the narrator on.
1: <laughs> well, but I'm credited for that. I mean, no, these...
0: I don't think you are. Yes, I am. Maybe in IMDb, but not on the.
1: No, I'm credited. Oh, oh, yeah. No, trust me. I'm credited on that one. Um, and by the way, that I, I pop up in so many things, voiceover that people I've been credited with things that I have not done. Um, one of the credits on my IMDB and it even popped up in a recent article about me on cracked.com 50, 15 things. we forgot Pat Knows what was in the video game Dead Rising 2, uh, the character of Randy Tugman. Sounds like me. Would have been cool if it was me. Dead Rising 2 was a great franchise. Well, Dead Rising was a great franchise. It was not me. And I've done a lot of video game Do you know voices. Who it was? I have no idea. But it sounds like me. But it's credited as me and people think it's me. But I listened to it because I was like, I don't remember doing that. But there's a lot of stuff I don't remember doing. Um, so I went and listened to it and said, Boy, that's close, but it's not me. Hmm. It's just not me. And you know, I mean, I'm in, I'm in um uh Grand Theft Auto. Uh, I'm in Minecraft. I'm in a lot of different video games. I'm and ev- is that
0: all voice? Like, have you ever been on camera and not credited? Because I have.
1: Hang on. Have I ever been on camera and not credited? Uh, I don't. I think I've always been credited when I was on camera, but I can't. Maybe I was wasn't at one point. What were you uncredited as on camera? Was, so p- someone could see you. Yeah, yeah. You can see me. What?
0: Um, I'm in the 1980 John Huston film Annie. And there, I don't have a credit, but there were like 32 orphans.
1: Right. You have an IMDB credit, but that, that was back in the 80s. but it says
0: uncredited.
1: Oh yes. Uncredited. Yeah. But they, you still got it listed on.
0: I mean, I still worked on the show, but there was no, but like there was a list of orphans and for some reason they didn't credit me. Well, my dodgeball thing. (laughs) And I'm quite, I'm in it.
1: My dodgeball thing isn't even on my IMDB. Two oh, different funny. two different voiceovers and it's just not there. So um, there you go. Um so yeah, i and and uh to answer your question and in, in a very it's this is gonna sound blow off you, but it's not. It's just a fact of the business. How do these random voice performances or cameos come about? Uh because you're friends with people and they just go, Oh, hey, come by and do this. Exactly. Quick, come by and do this. Okay, fine.
0: Yeah.
1: Whatever. Yeah, I'll, I'll come I'll pop by. A
0: million Great. years ago, um, I had just graduated college and, you know, Matt Damon was one of my best friends at college and Chris Moore produced a movie. He was also one of He was my boyfriend's roommate uh, at college Mm -hmm. and they did this movie and what the hell was the name of it? Oh my God. It's so long ago, but it's like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and uh, Sam Rockwell. And Mm -hmm. anyway, I'm in it because they were like, we're filming down here. We need someone. Will you do this real quick? And I was like, okay. So we were all just hanging out anyway. And then they just Uh, put me in. Well, oh, there you go. Yeah, that was fun.
1: Be friends with people; it helps. Helps to be friends with people. <laughs> but uh, I don't
0: think I'm credited. Is the point? Oh, uh, okay. Or maybe it says comic group, comic groupie, or something like that. I don't know. It's pretty Are funny. you
1: what When you say comic groupie, you mean like for comedians or comic books?
0: I think it was comic books. Oh, okay. I don't remember this movie very well. <laughs> it was a long time ago. There's a. There's I just a... remember hanging out. We had just fun. There were, we were filming at Chez, Chez, which is like a, an old dive bar, um, by the beach in Santa Monica. <laughs> And wow. and we filmed there, and we just hung out, and wow. that was fun. That's great, yeah.
1: So, uh, want to make it in show business? Make friends with people who are in show business.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's how you do it.
1: Uh, here's the next uh, email. This isn't really a question, but uh, it's a nice little insight, I guess. Um, hey, gang. First, let me say that the two of you are adorable, and I oh. love your show. Well, he's right about that. <laughs> I was listening to your recent episode with Breck and Meyer, and I was. It was a blast. In the past, I too was a child actor in NYC in the 80s, 90s. And I remember very well the changing of clothes between auditions. Oh, yes. I had certain, quote unquote, lucky shirts I'd book in. Racing around the city to the next audition, stopping somewhere to pick up a fact strip and carefully wolfing down McDonald's or pizza in the five minutes I'd have to eat. And of course, the stage moms. Some would actually listen at the door to the other auditions and tell their kids what to do
0: oh my god that's terrible anyway
1: i appreciated the walk down memory lane and it was cool to hear from other former child actors that they had similar experiences keeping awesome thanks for your great show dan former child actor dan
0: yeah man i mean it was crazy having to finish school get picked up by your mom and then Navigate the Thomas Guide because there was
1: no GPS. Then. Yes, and navigate the Thomas Guide, and also have a lot of uh, rolls, big roll of quarters in the car in case you got to pull over and make a phone call to back to the agency, going <laughs> where is this place? What's the address? Did you, you give me the right me to address? The wrong location. Well, now if you got picked up at school. Mm-hmm. And you're getting driven around. Was it? Were you being picked up for something that your mom had told you you were going to be doing that day, or were there a lot of times you would get picked up and everyone's like, "This just came in. Yeah, that's what it read was. Read these. Yeah, I'm was- going to drive you there just start reading these right now.
0: Yeah, it was. So
1: that you've had to read stuff in the car.
0: Oh yeah, all the time. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy.
1: And just going cold.
0: And I just remember, like when he said lucky outfits, like if I, whatever I wore to the audition, mm-hmm. if I get callback for it. I wore the exact you, same Oh my thing. God,
1: you were a baseball player in pennant race. You can't yeah. change your socks. I can I wear was, the same socks. When
0: I auditioned for Natty Gann, I was wearing a blue sweatshirt and a pair mm-hmm. of jeans and I just wore those, the whole, that was just.
1: Wow. <laughs> and it was weird because the blue sweatshirt said Disney is a fascist and that, was, <laughs> that made it very difficult. But you're like, I got the callback. I got to wear this. <laughs> what do I do? Um, were there ever. Um, oh my
0: God, it's so crazy that we're even talking about this because um, my uh, one of my best friends, her daughter is not an actress, has mm-hmm. never taken acting class. She's really trippy looking, super cool looking. Mm-hmm. And she was asked randomly to audition for this commercial. Oh, And she's like, I don't know how to do this. Cause you have to like, you don't just go into the casting director. No. Everything's from home these days. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, I'll, I'll do it up. Like her mom <laughs> was like, will you come? Do oh, this you got her? to
1: be the stage mom.
0: So, yeah. So I went over to her house and, um, I was filming her and directing her and this is not her thing. And she's one of those teenagers like, Oh my God, this is lame. Like, I don't need to do mm. like, she's so not into it. Yeah. But she was just, but the role of the kid was like a teenager who's so not into oh, it. So there you go. And she was, but really so not into it. <laughs> and, and then the next day, so, so we submitted some, I read opposite her and then her mom calls me back. She goes, Oh my God, she got a call back. And then I was like, oh my God. And then we were talking about it and then she like had a one-on-one with the director and then she got it.
1: (laughs) Because she was the person. That's the best. She got it and
0: she's never done a commercial before and she's like, oh, this is so lame.
1: (laughs) It's the old Harrison Ford story. Everyone knows he was not excited about doing Star Wars. He wasn't into it and he's playing a character who's not excited about being dragged into the revolution (laughs) and he's not into it and that's what his character is. He's just basically... I, this is so stu- can, Exactly. By the way, the first thing his character says when they find out that a entire planet has been genocided is "Am I still getting paid?" Like that's the first thing on his mind is where who's going to give me my money? You promised me money. What's going on here? Like oh that is God. basically the, my favorite story about um, the 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 difference. And again, they were both their characters. Was you know, Mark Hamill was this young, fresh he had, you know really he's taking everything very seriously and Harrison Ford had been around the game for about a decade at that point and was a little bit burned out it was kind of like I'll oh, just become a carpenter I'm sick of this so he was a carpenter Well yes he and was a carpenter he, and other things so yeah, um a drug deal. well he was just he was doing other stuff so anyway um yeah. there's a great story about after they come out of the trash compactor and Mark Hamill rightfully points out um hey we just we were all just submerged under garbage water and now our hair is blow-dried and neat <laughs> like shouldn't our hair be all uh-huh. wet and then Harrison like looks over at him and Mark tells stories goes it ain't that kind of movie kid <laughs> and then he says and he says if people are paying attention to our hair we're in big trouble <laughs> which is exactly what the movie is. Nobody cares, dude. This is, we are the least important thing in this film. This is spaceships and monsters and robots. And yet- That's all people are looking at.
0: And yet, Luke Skywalker lives. Oh,
1: Luke Skywalker lives and rules. All right, um, uh, we're going to take a little break and we're going to come back and listen to listen to and answer some of your speak SpeakPipes, so stick around.
0: For those of you who don't know, speak pipe is- Oh. <laughs> speak pipe is uh, a little button on our webpage for our- our uh, podcast, and you just go on there and you press it and you record a voicemail, and it um, yeah. then we can play it on the air. Yes, that's what a speak pipe is. It's yes, a voicemail. That's a and, okay. at the,
1: and at the end of this episode, we will make sure to give you the both the email and uh, where to leave your speak pipe, and uh, we'll be right back. we're back let's, let's oh six speak pipes and these people really took our earlier um admonishments to um heart these are very brief speak pipes these these are not rambling uh american pie style speak pipes these <laughs> I, people got right to the point
0: although i do have to say i love when we hear from our listeners and they tell us these great yeah. things and sometimes they have such amazing accents and then you kind of want to know all about them
1: that's true okay. here we go speak pipe number one Hey, Meredith and Patton, this is Aaron Odom, the host of the Euripides Humanities podcast. And I have one question for you, Patton. Are you ready for this? Uh, please go ahead and correct me if I'm wrong, but Ambush Bug from DC was Deadpool before Deadpool was Deadpool. Changed my mind. Ooh. Well, yeah, I mean, and there, there were always those um, fourth wall breaking characters that would kind of look over and comment on what the action was. I mean, you could almost say that um, uh, Bugs Bunny was Deadpool before Deadpool. He was a agent of chaos who would also o- often look at the screen and go, watch me, you know, paste this pathetic palooka with my percussive packet pitch. Like he was very aware of how he was messing with the physics of things. Um, ambush bug was, is one in a long, proud line of, uh, ambush bug, the heckler, um, Deadpool of, of characters that constantly break the fourth wall and know that they are in the weird universe that they are in. Uh, but yes, and, and, um,
0: what, what, what cartoon is he in?
1: Ambush bug is part of the DC universe. He is this weird, uh, quote unquote superhero that sort of has reality bending powers or doesn't quite, um, exist within, the reality as established in the comic book and can reference like, oh, by the way, this, you know. By the way, there's a reason.
0: Does anyone know who that is? Really? A
1: lot of our listeners will. He is a very obscure character that I um, put into uh, the one DC. Well, I've done a few comics for DC and the first one I did, Welcome to the Working Week, he makes a cameo appearance. What does he look like? Uh, Looks like a guy in a green outfit with weird antennas. He's, He's like a goofy, like, superhero, but- I can't. Alien? Just, I don't know if he's an alien. He, he's one of those. Does he quite exist in our dimension? Kind of characters.
0: Hmm, I've never heard of him.
1: I mean, you could say that Beetlejuice is a Deadpool, basically.
0: I mean, when you. I mean,
1: there's a recent. There's a. Uh, I think it might have been today's or yesterday's. Uh, I don't know if you guys still read Nancy. Uh, Ernie Bushmiller has long since left this plane of existence, but a, a writer and artist have taken over the strip and have really added great surreal elements to it. Nancy. And, Remember the, the, the comic strip, Nancy, the daily strip, Nancy and Sluggo? the Little black haired girl and her little bald friend Sluggo? No. Classic comic from the 30s and 40s. Anyway, there's one where- You're they're...
0: like from a different time. I feel like you're a time traveler because you know too much stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you think I would be able to prevent horrible stuff from happening if I was a time traveler. No. All I know is, I'm like a time, oh my God, there is Why was... would
0: you think if you're a time traveler, you could prevent stuff? This is what I always think.
1: If you're a time traveler for the past, you can't prevent anything.
0: It doesn't matter. What I'm saying is you live here right now in mm-hmm. this existence mm-hmm. and you know, you're pretty useless. Yeah. Here. So Absolutely why, would you, useless. Why, why would you think you'd be less useless? but more useful in any other dimension
1: because if I had one crucial piece of information that could oh. change a hinge point in history it would by default make me useful well, even if I was a dummy
0: but but everybody had that hinge point in history we saw it coming we no, saw we didn't we saw a Trump situation happening no we did not oh yes we No, did. I'm
1: sorry no we did not in fact there are oh my god ev- even people like um uh uh John Oliver and um uh, John Stewart, they have all made fun of themselves when Trump first announced his candidacy. So They're all like you're like, they were like yes, please, this is gonna be so. None of us thought it was gonna happen. We, yes. We, and 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 these and we're the kind of people that make fun of people back in the late 20s and 30s, going, "You didn't see Hitler coming." But then the more you read about history, he was this clownish dude yelling at people in beer halls, and everyone just thought, "Okay, well, he's fun entertainment. Well, I he's not going to end up running our country." I and then the next thing you know, boom.
0: I disagree. I think people saw it coming. I remember posting. You
1: know who saw it coming? Like Hillary. Like, no, well,
0: <laughs> and a million other people. Also,
1: Ann Coulter called it. She what? was like, "He's going to win." And she got laughed at on Bill Maher's well, show. Well, it's not about it. he's
0: going to win; it's how he's going to destroy democracy, which was well,
1: yeah. But also, we, but we couldn't conceive no. of him winning; it was beyond our correct. We couldn't conceive of him winning,
0: right? Exactly. Okay. What, hey, that you-
1: was fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, let's listen to our next speed pipe. Boy, we're having a good time today. <laughs> and I just said speed pipe, by the way, because uh, Meredith in some existential dread to me. Okay, here we go. Let's have a good time. Speak pipe number two.
2: <laughs> hey, Meredith and Patton. My name is Morgan. I am a huge fan of the podcast. I have been listening since day one. On your last podcast with and Meyer Patton, you mentioned that you've been all over Florida. And as someone who is originally from Florida and has since relocated to Portland, thank God, I just wanted to say I've thought about this several times over the years. Uh, the first time I saw you perform was in Stewart, Florida. It was in late 07, early 08, somewhere around that time. John Mulaney opened for you before he was huge. And um, it was just bizarre. It was bizarre that you were in Stewart, Florida. There's nothing there. It's not really clo- like super close to a major city. Um, we had to drive about an hour and a half from Fort Lauderdale, as I recall, to get there. It was just super bizarre. Half the audience was elderly people who clearly had no idea who you were, why they were there. It was amazing. And I was just kind of curious if you remembered that show for one, and if you had any memory of how you ended up in Stewart.
1: I can tell you exactly how I ended up in Stewart. And I, I cannot remember the name of the theater. It was a very small theater. Um, that was just at the beginning of me making the transitions out of clubs and into theater. So we didn't want to put me in big theaters immediately. So, and I know especially I did a whole tour. The reason that I ended up in Stewart was because I was doing a whole tour through Florida and Stewart must have been enough of a halfway point between other cities um, that it was feasible economically and feasible draw wise to put me in there. Um And yeah, it was, you know, I this is a bit of a brag, but I, I if one of the few skills I can actually brag about is being able to spot amazing talent on the way up. So a lot of the people that I've had open for me over the years, people like Kyle canane and John Mullaney and you know pe- even people now like um, Orlando Leba end up... The reason that I am drawn to them is because I can see the megastar they're going to become. I can see how amazing uh, their voice is. And he was one of those guys that I just said, well, I'm going to have him open for me as long as I can have him because <laughs> it ain't going to be long. Um, yeah, th- that must have been... I was trying to establish a presence in theaters. So you start small and I roamed all, I remember that. I, I, I remember I, that might've been in December as well. I think it was in wintertime because that's a great time to tour in Florida. You roam all over the state and Florida, Florida is so frustrating because especially in the wintertime, it is a genuinely beautiful place to be. Um It just, Visually, it's so gorgeous, but it draws a lot of psychosis to it at the same time. It, it reminds me of the town of, in the TV show Twin Peaks, where they, at one point, they even say, the reason the coffee here tastes so good, the reason the air is so clean and the, and the pine trees are so soothing, we pay for that because we are a conduit to the, the Red Lodge and all this darkness. And I feel like that's the trade-off with Florida too for all of the beauty that you get down there. There is, they are abutting a, a massive ancient darkness and that's what's going on down there.
0: And the humidity.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, the humidity in the summer, when I was in there, I was there in the summer shooting, um, um, oh God, what was that? Uh, why am I blanking on the um, burn notice? Because in the summer, there's uh, everything's empty, so they can use, it's easier to shoot there, but you have to wear uh, moisture-wicking t-shirts and change them between every shot, because you sweat through all your clothes and it's a friggin nightmare. And Meredith, uh, as she has told you before, can tell you oh. all about the fun humidity of Florida in the summertime. Yeah, we
0: shot a series there called Pier 66. It was a, a I, pilot. I, it was a pilot for a series. And um, Aaron Spelling, you know, and we all had to be gorgeous, of course, because it was an Aaron Spelling mm-hmm. show. And there was another girl on the show who looked like me who had long hair. And we both had the same, we both. Brown hair, blue eyes, little nose, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And we both had long brown hair. And he was like, well, one of you has got to cut your hair short so people can tell the difference. I'm like, you can clearly <laughs> tell the difference. She's much prettier than me. Anyway. Um, so I was forced to Aww. cut my hair short. And then it's freaking, freaking Florida humidity. was out. And I ever had to wear like a scarf over my head between takes because the humidity would like puff up my hair they had like- to
1: like set you and go quickly go like shoot her now like <laughs> yeah. they, they had you had like a finite time before it would yeah visibly start to frizz on it camera it was so awful
0: <laughs> it was really it was crazy and i was like oh god can't we be doing this in arizona i'd look so much right better. <laughs> exactly yeah uh,
1: well when i was shooting burn notice i just said can't we be shooting this here in december it's like well no because everything is packed and there's nowhere to stay and you can't do anything so we, we got to come here and july when everyone clears the fuck out of the state yeah and here so put can, a wig on and we can shoot cheap yeah here
0: so. put lots of makeup on yeah a, and now
1: a- now let me slather you with makeup and put a gun on you and wear a leather jacket and, oh <laughs> god it was a nightmare so yeah um there you go that's why i was in florida wow you saw you got a version of saying uh you got your version of seeing the ramones with seven people at um uh i oh my god i can't even see bgbs all right um, not that I'm not, I'm on the same level as the Ramones, but yeah.
0: Let's uh, take a little break and we'll come back for the rest of it.
1: Hey, we're back. Thanks for sticking with us. Let's go through some more speak pipes. Speak pipe number three.
3: Hi, Patton and Meredith. My name's Neil and I'm calling from Rhode Island Uh, My partner and I love both you guys, and and we love the podcast, and I promise I'm going to keep this one short. Uh, Meredith, back in 2013, you appeared on Will Wheaton's tabletop to play Quirkle and I think, 12 Days, and you returned in 2015 to play Sheriff of Nottingham. Uh, Given that and Patton's predilection for Dungeons & Dragons, uh, what is the tabletop gaming situation like at your house? Do you guys have a collection or, at the very least, uh, copies of the games that you played on the show? And Patton, have you participated in anything D&D related recently?
0: That's a great question. Oh, boy. Um, Where do you want to start? Well, first of all, oh, my gosh, we need to tell the story. First of all, uh, yes, I played Quirkle on that show, Tabletop. and
1: And scored a very rare, on camera.
0: Double Quirkle. Which
1: is very hard to achieve.
0: Yeah, never happened in the history of time crazy. Um, anyway, I did it on camera and I was so proud of myself and (laughs) it it was very exciting. But the best part about it was, um, I was home and Quirkle is one of my favorite games. It's very addictive. When I was asked by Will to do the show, um, the day, like a day or two before the show, they sent me the names of the games we would be playing so that I could get familiar with how to play, and. I already knew how to play corkle It is, by the way, not difficult to learn. Like a five-year-old <laughs> can learn how to play it. It's super easy. But it's such a wonderful game. Yeah. And it's really, I brought this game to Patton and Alice when we got married. Uh-huh. And I was like, it became our favorite tabletop game. We were playing so it good. addictively for a really long time with my parents with and uh, everybody. And it's actually how Patton asked me to marry him. He, uh, We had been playing Corkel and... He, uh, we were staying out by the beach in a hotel with Alice and one morning we went down to breakfast to have breakfast and he's like, let's play Corko before the food gets here. Right. So we started to play CORK. We were about to play Corko. We cleared off the table and Patton handed me the little bag. It's like Scrabble with like letters in it. You pull tiles out, except these
1: are colors and shapes. Yeah,
0: you pull, so you pull six tiles out, Mm -hmm. but he rigged the bag in such a way that the I could only reach into the bag and get these specific six tiles.
1: I rigged it so that if you shook the bag and held it, it felt like a full bag. What I done, did was I undid the sewing on the inner lining. So I put all of the tiles except for six of them uh, in the bag. The, the, the rest are all trapped on the inside. So you should, oh, but then you reach and go, why there are there only six tiles in here?
0: And I pulled them out and on the back of each tile, it said, it was- diff- Each one. Each one said, will you marry me, Meredith? Salinger. Salinger.
1: It's six tiles, folks. I had to have six tiles, <laughs> and so yeah. And then and then I I uh, got again. This is oh God, but that was like one of the many things that we bonded over was our love. I love board games. I love board games. Um, I was a big fan. I don't live close enough to justify the drive over there, but there's a place. Over in Glendale called Game House. We which went is a, there. We did go there. I beat
0: your ass in Battleship. Oh, God, just
1: humiliated. Oh, that's
0: another in one. So Battleship is one of my faves. Yep. Love Battleship. I definitely have a uh, strategy.
1: Yes. Yes, you do. Actually, you have a very specific strategy. I have a really one. good
0: strategy. I don't know if I want to say it no, on,
1: don't, don't, on the don't, thing don't, don't, because you yeah, know if I play it.
0: opposite anyone, they're going to mm-hmm. know my strategy.
1: And then and then the other big- We
0: love Clue. Yes. Clue, huge Clue players.
1: And, and everyone at the table has their own little system.
0: We all have systems. Of... <laughs> on, we all mark our cards with a very special system. Yep. Um, the worst part, though, was when you play with Alice and she literally like- forgets to show you something in her hand. You're like, I think it was Professor Plum with the rope in the conservatory. And she's got Professor Plum, but she literally forgets that it's in her hand yeah. and she forgets to show you. So you're like, it's perfect. And then she's like, oh wait, did I not?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So
0: then we get mad and then she's like, I don't want to play in this game.
1: <laughs> and then of course the, the the ongoing one for us is backgammon. That is such a big deal. Um, Meredith, re- I, I knew how to play it when I was young and then I forgot. And then Meredith re-taught me how to play. And now I'm just absolutely addicted to it and
0: we're so addicted to it that we were actually invited to a 1970s dress up uh like (laughs) 1970s tennis themed dress up party Mm -hmm. and everybody was going to play tennis and I, I don't know why I couldn't, there was a reason, like I hurt myself or there was something. Something. And so I was like, well, I can't play tennis, but maybe I'll bring a backgammon board and whoever's not playing will want to play. So we did that the first year. And then the second year they turned it into a champion a tennis and backgammon championship. Mm-hmm. And guess who won the trophy? Boom. Boom. I won.
1: Yeah. But, <laughs> but we, and we're, we have like, you know, I have a travel backgammon set. I have like. There are just.
0: Well, we found this really amazing company called Backgammon Baby and they make really pretty oh, boards. Boy. Like each board is different. One looks like you're a secret agent. Mm-hmm. It's got that like, you know, like you've got the codes in a silver, you know those stride. It's different there's a
1: denim design. There's an ice cream design. There's a um, professional tournament one that's slightly bigger.
0: There's one that looks like Prince. There's, there's one. a
1: Prince inspired one. Yep. There's a snake skin uh, with red interior design that looks so satanic. I love it.
0: Yeah. They're um, pretty yeah, cool.
1: They're really groovy. So
0: anyway, and that's also, by the way, for those listening, you know, it's really hard to find a gift to give at Christmas. And I'm not saying go buy this company. I'm just saying that's a nice gift to give to a family because, yeah. you know, you are friends with like family people. You don't have to yeah. buy them a whole, like every single right. one of them get a present.
1: Yeah. Giving, and baby giving, is not- they're Like not, just
0: a game. Giving yeah. anyone a game, like a family game. Right. Quirkle used to be my go-to gift.
1: Yeah. And also, and again, back in my babe, they don't sponsor us. I'm saying these boards are such just good decorative pieces just to have out on a well, it's table. Just a they nice are so present. beautiful looking. Anyway, they're really well designed. Anyway, wait, so, oh wait
0: what, there's one more game that we love.
1: Which game do we love?
0: It's a kid's game.
1: Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Yes.
0: We well, love playing sorry. We've
1: talked about sorry on this podcast before. Sorry, yes, it is a very simple game kids game, but it also teaches kids and reminds (laughs) adults about the absolute randomness and futility of planning and strategy. You can be, I've, I've had like two guys home, two guys in the little safe zone. And then through a series of card draws, everything goes wrong.
0: Yeah. It, so it teaches just, you about life. Like if you're losing, don't be so upset. You might end up winning. And then if uh, you're winning, if you're winning don't, shut up. You don't know what's going to happen. Get, it don't get, don't
1: start strutting around. It
0: could change at any moment, but it also
1: <laughs> shows you
0: the personality of the people oh, that you're friends yes. with. Yes. Because I, we, we were playing with Alice and she could have <laughs> changed places with uh, Patton or me, and I don't know. She was getting back at you for something. And if she had she, changed
1: place with with Meredith, she, it would have been more advantageous to her, her. But she was so vengeful. She was vengeful. As to what I just did, she changed place with me. Like did a thing that hurt me, but also didn't help her. It was right. absolute. It was just vengeance. spite and vengeance. <laughs> I will burn. I will call in an airstrike on myself and hope to kill my enemy. It was the best. It
0: was so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. But yes, we do love board games, and Patton has. Tried. I have played Dungeons and Dragons once
1: on a on, on a, a podcast, podcast.
0: for um, Brian Posehn mm-hmm. with Brian Posehn, and also Did pretty good. I think at one point you and I were like rolling up characters and.
1: I'm in a I'm in an occasional Dungeons and Dragons league. Uh, with, <laughs> Nerd. Well, I can't but I can't say who's in it because it's some pretty big names. So i am oh, just okay. leave well, it Okay. Well, then at I'll that. just
0: say it's pretty big names. And,
1: Shut and, up. And, and oh, look at me. And, and, then, uh, big names. and then Alice plays with two of her friends, Lucy and Betty. And apparently, Lucy gets really big into like the characters, and the and they really like play the well, characters. Well, that's what I
0: noticed. Some people when they play are like into the characters. And actually act them out mm-hmm. like as if I am Thor from the Beastland right. or whatever. I don't know how.
1: Well, they'll also play their characters whatever they, in other words, if they roll up a character who's who has really low wisdom, um, <laughs> they'll play him really <laughs> impulsively and stupidly. They'll mm-hmm. make dumb decisions because like this guy would do this. He's right. too dumb. Right. He doesn't have enough impulse control and he's going to make things bad for everybody.
0: I tried to make my, when I rolled my character up.
1: You just wanted it to be hot. You no. just wanted a 17 charisma.
0: I wanted her to be like me, 17 (laughs) charisma, like that you can, you can, uh, uh, what's the word for win? You can
1: (laughs) influence win friends and influence people you
0: can. Uh, yeah, exactly. Charisma is a really good thing to have.
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, okay. Okay. Speak pipe number four. Here we Go. go. Hello, Meredith.
3: Hello, lightning foot. I figured that, um, Anyone who played a character whose base was on the Canadian shield may have recognized that, uh, I believe, Curtis's accent from, I can't remember what the week this is, uh, his accent is from the east coast of Canada. Most specifically, I think, Nova Scotia. The hint would be famous actor, which I would think would be Elliot Page who appears in Umbrella
4: Academy.
0: We have had a bunch of people comment on uh, this topic. We did a podcast a while ago, in one of the speak pipes, the person who spoke had this really trippy accent, like yeah. we just could not place where it was from. Couldn't place so it. So we posed it to our listeners to help us figure out where this was from. <laughs> and we keep getting different answers, but that, you know, somebody actually called us imitating the accent right. from someplace, but... It's it, hard. Dialects are so interesting. You just. Yeah.
1: Well, it's interesting how they also dialects are linked depending on how you travel. You know, there are, you know, the, the Southern accent is just a mutant version of a British or English accent or a Scots accent because those are the people that settled down south and then that just evolved over time. Um, yeah. Again, I, I, I was so thrown by this. I haven't, I read the Umbrella Academy comics, I don't watch the show. I know that Elliot is in it. Um, as a major character, so that, I'm assuming that that is what all those clues were leading back to. But um, unfortunately, uh, you stumped us. Yeah. So it hit a cul de sac.
0: Right. We still yeah. don't know, and you know, we'll take your word for it. Perhaps I'll take your but, word for it, but we don't know. Could be. We can't vet it. We've got 97 people telling us li- different <laughs> places. Hey, it's from ba- It's from Baltimore. Right.
1: Well, uh, with that in mind, let's listen to this next. Uh, speak pipe, which is a bit of a rebuttal. Ready?
4: Yeah. Hello, Meredith and Patton. My name is Jacob Mundell, super fan. I want to guess where that gentleman is from who sent you a soundbite of his dialect. I think he sounds like my friend from Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania has a rich history of unique dialects, and when he said that his clue is the umbrella, I think the umbrella is from the Morton Salt logo with the little girl with the umbrella. Morton Salt is based in Chicago, but they have a factory in Fairless Hills, Bucks County, Pennsylvania. I don't know which celebrity would be from there, because there's lots of famous people from Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, but maybe he means a more specific uh, famous person from Fairless Hills or Bucks County. Uh, I love you both. I saw your show in Chicago, Patton. Thanks for your great vibes. Meredith, thank you for your great vibes. Um, Shove it in your pipe, set it on fire, blow it at your ass. Love you both. Thank you so much for the uh, Tuesday vibes. Have a good day. Bye.
0: Oh, my God. Wait, is that something that he said? I
4: have no idea. Is that a thing?
0: Wow, he he sounded so collegiate, and then he ended yeah. it with, like, a very yeah. uh, shove-it-up-your-ass kind That's kind of thing. nice. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, he's,
1: he's from Chicago. That's what you got to do.
0: Um,
1: I, I don't think that it's pencil. I don't think it's Morton. So that's too much of a stretch. He wouldn't have it, well, it's based in Chicago, but they do have uh, Companies have factories everywhere. It would have to be, I'm going to go with the... Elliot Page, Nova Scotia, The that only kind of thing. way
0: we're going to solve this is mm-hmm. if that dude the dude's is gotta still call listening, back. he's got to yeah. call back and say where he's from.
1: Yeah. And yeah. And the state of Pennsylvania does have a, a crazed amount of uh, different accents just within one state. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Eastern Pennsylvania, um, Western Pennsylvania, the, the, of course, Philly. All those accents are just wow. Um, all over the place. I don't think that this guy is. Um, is I don't think that his uh, guess is correct. Sorry, well, but thanks for calling in. I I don't I am going to go with Elliot Page, and umbrella.
0: Okay, but she didn't say anything. It's just the what what was the clue about the famous person? Something
1: about he said umbrella and he said um, from. Also, what did he mean when he said one of you played a character whose face is on the Canadian shield? I don't know. One final speak pipe. Here we go, folks. Are you ready? Speak pipe. Number six.
3: Hi, Patton. This is your friend Tom from Oregon. I'm calling in response to the guy yesterday who left a message, and you were trying to place his accent, and you seemed to think he was from Baltimore, and for me it was more of like an Upper Midwest um, thing. But as far as the Baltimore accent, um, my mom uh, she's from Dundalk, and my father he grew up in Hollandtown and I have strong Baltimore roots. I mean, we go visit my grandparents. They had a row house over there across from Hair Run Park near Blair Road. And I feel like as far as identifying a Baltimore accent, uh, I'm pretty good at that. And I don't think this feller, I mean, I'm sure he's a nice feller and everything, but I don't think that was the accent. So just wanted to pass that along. Hope y'all are doing good have a good day. Bye.
0: <laughs> That's funny. Damn. Patton, you do an accent like the dude who just called.
1: Which you hate when I do.
0: Yeah, it really is a turnoff to me. I'm sorry.
1: Well, that was, a, all he needed to say was Dundalk. Dundalk and Essex are oh, the God. two, Um, they're like very, very working class towns. They were kind of like um, what John Waters sort of based his Baltimore world in. And I remember when I used to work at the Comedy Factory Outlet in Baltimore. Do they for, sell um, coats there? That See, that, that would have been more entertaining than what they put on stage. Um, I worked at the Comedy Factory Outlet on- it Sounds um, like
0: the Burlington Mall. Yes, exactly. Well- Burlington Coat
1: Factory. It was on, um, it would call, these nights called Buck-A-Yuck, Six Comedians for Six Bucks, or as we called it, Pack-A-Hacks. And the hack comedians would always- do like something, something dumb. And then they would either mention Dundalk or Essex. Those are the two um, cities that the dumb people came from. And that's where you could um, just like if you're a hat comedian up in Seattle, we'll drop a reference to Renton, uh, Washington. So there's always the um, what's a town nearby that everybody makes fun of. So um, those were the two, even though, you know, Dundalk and Essex, yes, they are very working class, but they do have a lot of character to them and, and, um a lot of uh a lot of genuine life rather than cosmopolitan blandness. Um so uh and, sure and one he- of my one of my favorite upcoming up-and-coming comedians, that that kid, Scott Sice, who does those great uh TikToks of the angry IKEA employee oh, with people him. bothering. Him. Well, if you listen to him talk, he has barely gotten rid of his Dundalk accent, and he is from Dundalk, and he's got a strong Baltimore accent bubbling under the surface. I love
0: him on on TikTok, he's so funny.
1: And by the way, the way he's talking, those those are people in Dundalk when they're angry. (laughs) They do the whole, oh, I'll get right on that. Like they're just, there's so much rage up there, but it's kind of beautiful.
0: I like that you can pose a question and get answers from a multitude of people. Yeah. Because you can't Google that. No. You need friends around to help you figure it out.
1: You got to have friends, folks. And let me tell you something, if the guy that called in um, with that original question could call back and leave us on this peak pipe, we will, we will uh, hear your answer on our next round of, um, I don't want to call it a listener mailbag. No, but, so, no. Um,
0: but but like, it's so great. But we'll
1: call it Pipes and Posts.
0: <laughs> Pipes and Posts.
1: Welcome, welcome to this edition of Pipes and Posts. It's so wonderful.
0: so okay you can have your listeners help you Mm -hmm. figure the things out that's why twitter's also great i hate Mm -hmm. when someone posts something on twitter that's actually like a legit question like how do i my you know they post a picture of a plant or something like how do i get this to grow better any gardeners out there and someone's like google's your best friend yeah i know and you're like dude but then there's questions like Hey, what have you been in? Now that's a (laughs) Googleable question. You know, I don't, you don't, you can actually Google that. You don't need me to sit there and tell you.
1: Yeah, it's like, God help me, you know, God forbid (laughs) I want some human contact. I like to actually talk to somebody and go, hey, did anyone grow a plant like this? What do you think? Why don't you just put it in Google? (laughs) Why are you so against anyone contacting another human being? Like these angry under the bridge ogres stop talking to each other. Yeah, that is, that is weird. You're right. The, the The answer Google is your friend is very appropriate in some instances, but other instances, it is so- um That's nice. It, it's so, I don't even want to say nihilistic. It's just so, um, are you angry at other people making connections and talking to each other? Does that <laughs> right. make you so pissed off?
0: But for questions that are literally easy to answer, uh, you know, you don't ask somebody like, tell yeah. me- I mean, an actor. You're like, what have you been in? Like, don't ask an actor what they've been in. Go no, just, just Google go it. Check it just out. Just go please. look. T- yeah, that's like one question you could do on your own. Yeah. Like, no one needs to hear what have you been in because then you go, oh, I did this movie. They're Like, nope, didn't see it. You're like, well, I was right. in this show. They're like, up, oh, never what heard else? of it. What like, else? What else? Nope. No, no, nope. not that. What else? No, not that. Yeah, never heard of it. Well, it's,
1: it's <laughs> even worse when they go, oh, I know, hang on, I know what you're from. Uh, tell me some things that you're from. So they have something in mind. You're like, you got to tell. I can't.
0: Okay. I do have to admit
1: <laughs> that
0: there have been times and it really does drive you mad when you've seen someone and you're like, Oh my God, I love that guy. Mm-hmm. Oh shit, what's he in? What's he in? What's but he in? I don't go bothering. And then you're them. like, or if they start talking, you're like, I know I've seen you. What's like the most recent thing you've done? It's so horrible. But you kind of need to know. It's terrible. Okay, fine. I'll just ask their name and hide in the bathroom and Google them <laughs> and come back.
1: It's so embarrassing. Well, I mean, this is a talk about being Embarrassing. I was uh I, I did an awards show called the The Carney Awards, which gives out awards to character actors, which I'm like, oh host that that sounds fun. Because I love character actors. And um, so one of the ones they were honoring with the Lifetime Achievement Award was um M. Emmett Walsh, who I love. Oh, I love him. And um, Harrison Ford was presenting it to him oh, a couple so years cool. ago. So and me, but I was so Star Trek Star Trek, St- starstruck. Nerd. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was so starstruck meeting Harrison Ford. I was like, she give given a M.M. M. M. at She's wow, so do you guys do a movie together? And then he was like, yeah, Blade Runner, which is one of my favorite films, but I totally blanked that they were in Blade oh, Runner God, together. And Ford I was a so, loser. oh God, it was so embarrassing. Just absolute humiliation. Like I just wanted to die. I'm like, that's it, I'm done. Yeah. I'm all done. Not gonna. he's not going to fly me around in his plane. You looked lame then, in front of Harrison Ford. <laughs> he's not going to fly me around in his plane and then crash in a campus somewhere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you did do a movie with him. You were the star of Secret Life of Pets Which, 2. and we and never he, had a scene together. Yeah, so. but you were in a movie
1: together. <laughs> <laughs> why, why is Harrison giving you your, your best uh, voiceover award? Would you guys make a movie together? Yeah, Secret Lights of Pets 2. Huh? You ever hear of it? Google's your friend. <laughs> oh, baby. Oh, God, it's so embarrassing. I, just wanna, I, I I am very open about the times when I just do the most embarrassing shit like that. I think that that is so much more human than a lot of people. Like, all their stories just end in how they're uh, just a crazy hero. And, and here's how I put this person in their plate. You're like, can't, tell me something vulnerable where you learn something about yourself rather than, another story where you're the cool one because it just sounds really insecure. Mm -hmm. I I prefer the stories. I'm like, listen to this, listen to this shitty thing I did.
0: Well, that's why you're a comedian and you tell all your embarrassing stories on stage. And boy, do you have some, holy shit.
1: Yikes. Um, So, okay. Well, that was a wonderful collection of posts and pipes. And if you want to send us uh, an email that we will now be better about answering, uh, where do they email They email they email to
0: hey at did you get my text dot gmail hey wait at, hey hey did you get my text yeah
1: hey did you get my text at, at gmail.com g-mail. that's right and if you want to leave a speak pipe what do you do
0: you go to somewhere on the internet and you find oh, dear you go God. to starburns and you find our podcast, Did You Get My Text? And uh, on our page right there is a little button, and you get to press it, and you get to ask a question. <laughs> like, how are you guys still married after you listen to <laughs> each other talk and annoy each other?
1: Well, thanks for joining us for this sweet little mini-sode, and we will see you guys next
0: week. This podcast is a production of Meredith Salinger and Patton Oswald.
1: In association with Starburns Audio. Executive producers are Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. And if you have questions for us, send them to... Hey, did you get my text?
0: At gmail.com. And don't forget, subscribe to this podcast. It's free, and it helps us get to keep making the show.
3: Starburns Audio. A podcast. A podcast network.